Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Brothers, where we're not experts, we're sisters. Here to discuss some emotionally stunted people, family style. Yes, family style. You can't argue with me on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm learning that. I am learning that. <laughs> How are you, Hannah? Uh, you know, getting, getting by. I feel ya. I feel ya. I'm not. I feel like I'm not in the zone today. You know? Yeah. Hey, we should talk about Mm -hmm. road trip things. Like, things that we like to do on road trips. And I'll tell you why. It's because this episode that we are about to discuss is Is about a road trip? Well, technically the whole show is a long, long road trip. (laughs) The whole show is just (laughs) one road trip. When will they finally reach their destination? (laughs) This episode is called... Route 666, or Route 666, depending on your regional dialect. And so I thought it would be a good idea to discuss, you know, things people do when they're driving down the road for long hours at a time. I I think that's a great idea, and we should definitely discuss that. But you brought up a question. Route or route? I feel like I say both, but when I say the one with a 66, I would say Route 66 because of the song. The song, yeah, exactly. But when I'm talking about, like, which route would you take? Which route mm-hmm. would... Yeah. Because you say, which route would you take? It sounds like you're about to cannibalize a tree. <laughs> which route would you take? Well, which one sucks up water the best, I guess. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I agree with you entirely on that. My word choice differs depending on what kind of sentence I'm using. So, like you said, if you're we're talking Route 66, like the song, and then which route? Also, the word is router. Yeah, I wouldn't want to say router. Have you checked the router? <laughs> My connection is slow. Can we turn the router off and on again? <laughs> you sound Canadian, then. <laughs> Just turn that router off. <laughs> <laughs> My Wi-Fi is not connected. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, going a little Ireland, Scottish. I don't know. Anyways. All right. Favorite road trip activities. Hannah, what do you like to do when you are stuck on the road for hours on end? I like to designate a travel buddy. And by that, I mean if there is a car that is going relatively the same speed as me for an extended amount of time, I designate them as my travel buddy. And (laughs) if they happen to get off of the interstate, I will wave bye to them, even if they, you know, never acknowledge my existence at all. (laughs) I always like it when I have someone I've been traveling alongside for a long time, and I get off the interstate, do whatever, get back on, and then further on down the road, I spot them again. I'm like, (gasps) hey, buddy! (laughs) It's fate! 
Yeah, look, we found each other again. <laughs> I also like seeing how many different states are on the road. Mm. I specifically love to keep my Google Maps running, even if I don't need it. Because when you cross over into a new state, you get like a little badge that pops up and says, Welcome to whatever state you're in. Yeah. It makes me really happy when Google lets me know that I'm in a new state. That makes me happy too. I never would have known. <laughs> so what I like on my road trips, I like for everybody to shut the fuck up and leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I have my podcasts all queued up. And when I get sleepy, I know exactly which songs I want to put on that I can sing along with. And no, I don't want you singing along with me. <laughs> and, and no, I don't want you pausing my shows so you can tell me something important. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I agree with that because I, I love listening to things when I'm driving, whether it be a podcast or music or whatever. And... I do think that there is a time for, you know, road trip conversations, but I, I don't like it when someone turns down or off my music and interrupts, mm -hmm. or or if I am forced to turn down my own music because everyone else is talking, and I'm like, okay, I guess it's talking time now. I was yeah. listening to this, but fine. I guess the person operating this vehicle just doesn't matter anymore, but okay. <laughs> my happiness isn't what's driving this car. No. My my poor wife, I do love it when she actually listens to my podcast and if she actually wants to discuss the podcast with me, mm -hmm. that I do enjoy. But the beginning of every road trip starts with her just dying to make conversation because she's excited. We're on a road trip. We're going places and she wants to Yay. talk to me. <laughs> and I love it. But I very quickly am like, okay, baby, you can go to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> and she knows. She knows. There's been a time or two she's like, you just want me to go to sleep, right? I'm like, I'm really excited to listen to this episode. <laughs> All right. Good road trip talk. Good, Good road, road trip, trip talk. talk. I think we're about ready to get into this episode, but first, real quick. Oh, yes, Kindle. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer. This episode does discuss racism in a really clumsy and honestly kind of weird way and it's not something that we whom are two white people are able to discuss in a way that isn't also clumsy and weird racism is sadly still so fucking alive and thriving in our world especially in america where we are located and whether we like it or not we are all socialized and to some extent we are all racists yeah. And it's something that I do try to check myself on on a daily basis. Like actively work not to be because of how like shows and movies have... We, we were raised by shows and movies. And so the way they have formed us to think about different races, different genders, different ages. And so it is our job as mentally functioning adults, or at least mm -hmm. mostly mentally functioning, to... <laughs> Try and take a step above and think outside the... God damn it. <laughs> no, I say, say, no, I know where we're going. We need to... Work against the grain and try to be better people despite what we were raised. Exactly. Okay. And anytime you have a thought... When you have a thought concerning people who aren't exactly like you, question, why do I think that? Whether it's good or bad. You know, where does that thought come from? And what am I... What informed that thought? 
it's one of the big reasons why I do love Tumblr, because it's a place where people get really angry <laughs> and yeah. call each other on their shit. <laughs> so anyways, I do recommend listeners to look online for articles addressing the racism within Supernatural. And if you don't think Supernatural is racist, look at any promotional material and realize that despite all the characters we've had across the years, the main ones are all straight white men. So, yeah. I mean, supposedly straight. Supposedly straight. We are here for By Dean and Pan Everything Castiel. Yes. But yeah, you have to realize how much this show plays into all the horrible standards we were kind of socialized with in yes. this world, in our country. And I would recommend, I before taking notes on this episode, I did go and read an article by Alaya Don Johnson called An Open Letter to Eric Kripke on TheAngryBlackWoman.com. Hmm. I like her name, Alaya Don Johnson. I know, it kind of just rolls, right? Yeah. I enjoyed it. She called him on his shit, but she did it in a very, like, I'm a fan of your show. And <laughs> yes. I appreciate anybody who can be like, I'm a fan of this, but I also realize the shit in it. <laughs> Same. So you're not going to get supernatural hate in this article. You're just going to get... Supernatural realness. Exactly. We love that realism in our supernatural. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Disclaimer done. So let's get into season one, episode... You got hmm. it. You got no, it. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking what language. I don't know if this is the right number. Or, no, sorry, I don't know if this is the right counting system. <laughs> But episode Sheepsam. <laughs> That's 13 in Korean. <laughs> okay. All right. Route 666. Previously on Supernatural, there was no change to the uh, previously on. What? But I felt like saying it all dramatic like color me shocked <laughs> all right we open up on cape gerardo cape gerardo, gerardo. missouri gerardo you know with your french subtitles <laughs> you should be <laughs> able to pronounce this <laughs> yes yes we open up on cape gerardo missouri Very nice <laughs> and Ooh. see a man driving down the road. wait wait, wait. <laughs> What is it? What is that from Lion King? Like, ooh, Sadian. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Okay, we see a man driving down the road. In this case, it matters that he's black. Uh, it does. The only reason he's getting killed. I know. I just feel weird saying that. I know. In most cases, he's just a, in most cases he's just a dude driving down the road. But in this case, it's, they hyper focus on the race of this man. They're like, <laughs> "We want you to know he's black." A truck starts chasing him, so we have our you know racist ghost truck. Yeah. <laughs> the radio glitches, and he thinks the truck is gone. When suddenly it appears again, this time in front of him. More chasing and rear ending before the truck slams him and his car off the road. In an impressive and grisly car crash, the truck disappears in a shimmer of ghostly vapors. But, did you notice that before the truck disappeared, he kind of lurches forward for a second? 
It does like a little happy dance. I oh, know the truck, the truck, it just kind of like lurches forward. And all I could see was some macho man thing like, yeah, you better be dead. And then he disappeared. <laughs> I was like, what? This truck has a whole personality. Like this truck was waiting for all the other trucks to pipe up and say, yeah, you got him, bro. Yeah, yeah. Where's his hype crew? <laughs> Oh, Lord. I did appreciate on the radio that you heard the DJ announcing that it was going to be temperatures below zero, <laughs> which I find that crazy for Missouri, but yeah. all right, whatever. <laughs> At least they established it's going to be snowing in this episode, <laughs> even though... Nobody's listening to well, the radio. Like, even at that time, you could see that it, it had been raining and there's like water on his windshield, but at no point were his wipers on and that aggravated me. <sighs> they just don't put enough realism in this <laughs> show about ghosts. And just so you know, I still did my research. Cape Girardeau is a real place. I don't Ooh. know why it's called a cape. It's on the Mississippi. I didn't know rivers could have capes. I thought... Only continents had capes next to the ocean. Well, they can and... have a cape if they want to. <laughs> Sweet well, baby I don't river. Mind. <laughs> and just so we all know, there is a little bit of realism in this episode. Missouri's average snowfall is ten inches per year. Huh. So I I cared. <laughs> well, the weather in this episode aggravated me. Mm -hmm. Normally, I don't pay attention, so I don't know why I was paying attention, but it, like, goes back and forth between raining and snowing. Like, within the same time frame. I know. The only thing I can think is wherever they were filming was having some cray-cray weather, and they thought, well, we can't take it inside, we can't go find a new place, we can't pause filming, so you know what? We'll just, hands in the air, I guess. We'll do snow. <laughs> We're doing snow, people. <laughs> we cut back to the boys now that our guy is dead and our truck is happy. And Sam is plotting their route to Pennsylvania when... Not their route? Not their route. <laughs> They're not traveling via tree, Hannah. This isn't D&D. &D. Dean is changing the plans. His old boo just called. And now they have a case in Missouri because her dad died and it wasn't natural. I did think in this instance, Sam would be so within his rights to dig his heels in here, mm -hmm. considering how the last couple times Sam wanted to change plans, like when he wanted to go save yes! his friend in Missouri, when he wanted to go home to Kansas, when he wanted to go find John in California. Dean fought him each and every time, and in that last case, just outright refused to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I like to think that in this instance, Sam hated how it felt to not be trusted, so he's kind of extending an olive branch to Dean. Like, I'm arguing, but I'm going with you without a fight. Yeah. Anyways, on the road, Sam quizzes Dean about this friend of his. An old friend? You don't have friends, Dean. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> One day. <laughs> he is uh, reasonably irate when he realizes that Dean, after just a couple weeks of dating this girl. Bro More than a couple of weeks, it had to be. Nope, nope, at no point do either Dean or Cassie make it sound like they dated for more than just a few weeks. After dating for a few weeks, Dean broke the prime directive of the supernatural world. He told a normie. This yep. is such a big deal! 
Ah. But why? Why is it a big deal? Yeah. Because Dean doesn't open up to anybody, and he opened oh. up to her, and he broke the big secret for somebody that wasn't family, somebody that he was just going to move on from eventually. Okay, okay, yes, it is a big deal for Dean. I thought you said breaking the rule in general was a big deal. Oh, no, fuck that. <laughs> we don't care about the rules. We just <laughs> care about the boys. <laughs> We oh. don't care about the rules. We don't care about the laws. We just care about family. <laughs> yes. I wanted to point out, Sam was like, I was with Jess for a year and a half and never told her. And you knew this girl two weeks. So that tells me that he was going to Stanford for six months before he started dating Jess. Okay, this is something that ugh, I have not understood. This whole time we've been talking, we keep saying Sam was at Stanford for two years. Mm-hmm. What degree? He was getting a two-year degree? Was he at Stanford for his master's? If so, where did he get his undergraduate four-year degree? Um, Yellow Eyes pulled some strings. I don't know. <laughs> and he just went straight from high school to getting his master's? Because, I mean, maybe there are associate degrees at Stanford, but I don't think you go all the way to fucking Stanford for an associate's. I'm so confused. How old and is... he got a full ride. Yes, full ride would imply four years. Hannah, yeah. how old is Sam again when on the first episode? 22. Okay, so that puts him... If you if you say he say he's so smart, he go to college early. So he goes to college at 17. So 18, 19, 20, 21. That's his four-year degree. 22... No, he... Hmm. Uh, maybe he got half of it when he ran away to Flagstaff? <sighs> But in Flagstaff, he was a baby. Uh-uh. He had a dog. No, okay. I mean, he was a child still, <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Although, babies can have dogs. I don't know why that's your sticking why. point. I don't know why. I don't know why. But that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, no, he had a dog. <laughs> Children can't have dogs. <laughs> They're not that responsible. Ugh. <sighs> Right, I'm just putting it out there. We need an explanation. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, this whole two-year thing they keep talking about, it's just how long they haven't communicated. So Sam went to college and everything was pretty cool. And two years into college, something happened. He refused to come back. Everybody fought and they haven't spoken in two years. That makes a lot of sense. That's that's gonna that's how I'm going to head can hand cannon. Hand cannon. That's how I'm going to head cannon it for right now. Which means he didn't meet Jess until he was a junior in college. Hmm. Yeah, but I kind of like that. That's a good time to... You got some of your sillies out in the first couple of years. Or in Sam's case, he got some of his serious out. <laughs> and was... Yeah, because I was about to question you on that. I was like, Sam? <laughs> silly? Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen Sam be silly. Sam is sassy. Yeah, sassy Sam, yes. Silly Sam? Oh, I am here no. for sassy Sam. Oof. It's a beautiful thing. But yeah, he didn't tell Jess, but I don't think he didn't tell Jess because of rule numero uno. I think he didn't tell Jess because he wants a normal life. So it's okay that he's mad. Dean is right to feel a little guilty because if their situations were reversed, Dean would be giving Sam so much shit. Mm-hmm. However, Sam's can't use the rule as the reason why he didn't tell Jess. That's just right. on Sam and his addiction to normal. Also... They're really shitty at keeping rule number one. It, so it really is kind of like the prime directive. It's 
is kind of bendy. Everybody learns about the supernatural. No one really cares about the Prime Directive. Uh, back in Missouri, Cassie, Jimmy Anderson, and the mayor are discussing what can and cannot be printed when Dean and Sam show up. Printed because they're at a newspaper place. It doesn't really matter the overall plot that any of them are journalists. It really doesn't. Well, I questioned it. I was like, what does she do? Does she work at the newspaper? Is she a journalist? I questioned it. Okay. Yeah, but it's not relevant to the plot. So no, I didn't put not. it in the plot synopsis. There was some awkward small talk, then back to Cassie's house. She fills them in on the details. Her dad wasn't the only death. The cars looked to be knocked off the road, but only ever one set of tire prints, and Dad reported seeing a truck back in the days leading up to his death. Everyone thinks it's an accident, but Cassie is starting to question it. She and Dean passive-aggressive each other over how their relationship ended, right in front of Sam. Awkward. <laughs> it's so awkward. Cassie's mom arrives back home, and the boys aren't subtle in their attempt to probe Mommy for info. When they first lock eyes, Cassie and Dean, that look just says it all. There was so much right there. And Sam's proud face, he was—he knew, he knew. As soon as he saw them look at each other, he was like, this is different. This is something I haven't seen before. See, I took it as a shit-eating kind of grin, like, oh, brother's got a crush. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, Cassie gives her side of the story, and... I just thought it was interesting that that was enough to make her think to call Dean. I know. I don't, I really don't get it. She says multiple times, I thought this was all bullshit. I thought you were just doing it to break up with me. If I remember, I think you said I was nuts. That was that. Hmm. The, the mother, right off the bat, she is so suspicious. Didn't you think so? She just gives good reaction shots, this lady. She's a great actress. Oh, and yeah. when the boys are rude, because Cassie introduces them as friends from college. So what the fuck are friends from college saying? Can we ask you a few questions? Like, that's <laughs> fucking weird as shit. And so the mom's like, no, Cassie's friends. Why would I answer questions about my husband's death to you, whom I have never met and has no credentials? Get away from me. <laughs> hey, Kendall, do you know Do you know what Sam and Dean called her? Here's to you, Mrs. Mrs. Robinson. Robinson. Thank you, Jesus thank you, thank you. I made note of it every time it happened. It made me so happy. <laughs> I was going to bring it up in the, her last scene, because in that scene they say Mrs. Robinson so many times. Yes. I did find it funny that when they first get there, Mom is out. And Cassie's saying, I wish she wouldn't go out by herself. She's so nervous and frightened all the time. Yeah. And it just didn't make sense to me. If you are nervous and frightened, why would you be off wandering by yourself? <laughs> That's just, just weird. There was no point in her being out. We didn't even need to meet mom in this scene. I don't, I don't understand this whole, that whole explanation. I mean, maybe it was just to like plant her as a person of interest. I, okay, I do get that. Because I found her suspicious from the get-go. Really? Yeah. I mean, okay, I guess you can read it like that. But our ghost is clearly a truck. <laughs> I mean, I guess in the last episode, a lady was controlling a reaper, so maybe she was controlling a truck, but then why would she kill her own husband? I don't know. Usually in this show, I beg for a little explanation, and here I got plenty of explanation that served no purpose, so... <laughs> And Cassie 
dented is an understatement. Your dad's car was shredded. Totaled. <laughs> the way cars do in car accident. <laughs> I don't understand why you thought this was supernatural. We have another car accident. Mr. Jimmy Anderson is chased down by the truck while driving and knocked off the road and killed. Yeah, he was at the paper with Cassie. Yes, he was arguing Mr. Mayor about what can and cannot be printed. And we don't even see it happen. It just Mm -mm. is. We just zoom in on a dead guy. And I was like, hey, that's that guy. I didn't didn't even recognize the guy because, you know, he's all car wrecked up and hard to recognize. And I didn't know who it was until later on in scenes. They're talking about, oh, I'm compiling uh, in memory of for Jimmy. I'm like, oh, that's the one who died. (sighs) Next day at the crime scene, or we don't even know it's a crime scene. Next day at the accident scene, it's just a party. Everybody's there, even the mayor. And nobody seems to want to admit that it's just really fucking strange how so many car accidents have just happened to happen to only black men on the same fucking road within weeks of each other. It's just accidents. Absolutely coincidental. Nothing happening here. But hey, the mayor isn't racist. Just ask your mom. Man, like, this was the scene that made me question what her job was because she's right in the middle of all this going on. I was like, she's got to be a reporter or something. Why else would they just let her walk around this scene? But then she's got Sam and Dean walking around there with her and they're certainly not reporters. They're like, oh, she's there with me. I'm a reporter. Like, no, no. I don't think, I don't, I don't know how to report, but I don't think this is right. (laughs) Yeah, very, very weird. I thought when he said, just ask your mom on the last person you'd want to call racist. (laughs) All (laughs) I could think was, all I could think was like, because you have black friends. Like, I don't know what you're, like, I know black people. I'm not racist. What? I didn't know what was going on with him, but in that moment when he said, if you have to defend yourself and say, I'm the last person you would call racist, that person is definitely racist. Yeah. If you say, not to be racist, but, I'm not a racist, but, yeah, no, you're racist. Definitely. (laughs) And turns out, this guy was racist. Yeah. (laughs) But we'll get to that in a later (laughs) section, so. All right, the boys are getting... All dolled up in suits. Sam does some awkward prying into Dean's love life while they dress. He's he's pushing because he knows it's different. He knows this is good for Dean, even if it's not going to last. I I just don't agree with you there. I don't care what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. He's so happy. He's so happy for his brother. They try to play insurance people by bothering two random men just trying to enjoy their lunch. Yep. Why? Why did they come talk to these two guys? I don't, of I don't all know. the fucking people. <laughs> of all the people. Luckily, the black man of the pair knows about this truck and shares the story. <laughs> mm, that sounds a lot like a story I heard a long time ago. It's probably super relevant to you. It's so weird and <laughs> awkward. <laughs> but I found it kind of funny at this point how in this episode, black people are always paired with white people. Yeah. It's like they're trying to show, hey, look how not racist this town is now. <laughs> and... It's also funny how this guy knows about the story. Like, 
It's known well enough that you can tell this story how these black men went missing in a very distinctive truck. But, oh my gosh, who could the killer be? I think the black characters in this episode were written to be super generous. With their, like, just wasn't too friendly to us folks back then. I mean, you had someone going around beating and murdering black people. That, that, that far crosses the line of not too friendly. That's, that's heinous crime. Exactly, and heinous crime out in the open if everybody knows that black men are disappearing into this fucking huge, one-of-a-kind monster truck in this small town in Missouri, but mm-hmm. we don't know who could be doing it. And when he says uh, people weren't too friendly, his a white companion doesn't even give him an apologetic look. He gives him a look like, hey, what are you saying? I mean, <laughs> I was just like, I've always been friendly to you. Aren't we friends? I just wanted to, like, beat my head into a wall. Just like, dunk, dunk, just dunk. Stop. Why just are stop. you doing this? <laughs> uh, in the 60s, a bunch of black men kept disappearing in a big monster truck. Walking away after getting the scoop, they discuss what they are actually facing and go back to the car where Sam pries some more and learns how serious Dean actually was about Cassie. One, the pair that they were interrogating, they were eating shrimp. It's not important. But I noticed it. And also, when they were walking back to the car, they were synchronized walking, and I loved it. No, For me, what I noticed in this scene, besides the we're trying too hard to not be racist in this episode about racism, Mm -hmm. uh, was that you can tell that it is now getting cold. There is some snow and their fire's going, and the boys aren't wearing anything besides their suits to be warm. Which is just bonkers. And also, this episode takes place immediately after, let's see, it was Faith, Scarecrow, and Asylum, right? Mm -hmm. In Asylum, it is firmly established that it's like April, right? Somewhere in the spring. And Scarecrow takes place immediately after Asylum, because we had that cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. So how much time between Scarecrow and Route 66? Route? 666. Route 66666? Like, how much time has passed that it is now snowing in Missouri? (laughs) Time is an illusion. And also dumb. Time is just dumb. (laughs) But Hannah, I think at this point, it's time for me to do something very important. I believe you should. I think I should. Name that monster! boys reference the flying dutchman i looked into that instead of ghost truck truck yeah i was i was really wondering i was like how the hell are we gonna name this monster (laughs) looking into ghostly possessions of things it made me feel a little crazy so i just went to the dutchman (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is another ghostly vehicle so it all works The Flying Dutchman, if you did not know, is a legendary ghost ship whose story dates back all the way to the 1600s. Back then, the Dutch East India Company was in full force sailing all around the coast of Africa. So that's probably where it all started, was with one of their ships. But this poor ship is doomed to sail the ocean forever and never make port. On Wikipedia, because you know that's the only place I look because I just ain't got time for that. They have samples of people from the 1700s writing about this legend, so it's already 
firmly established in the minds of sailors and the common folk that this is just, it's legend. Yeah. It's already a urban legend, you might say. <laughs> One story goes that it was two sister ships that got caught up in a storm and only one made it out. Sisters, you say? Sisters, yes. <laughs> Sorry, do go on. I hope our story goes better than theirs. When the surviving ship was repaired and able to set sail again, it was once more caught up in a storm. <sighs> Stupid ship. <laughs> and there within saw their sister bearing down on them like it was going to ram into them. But then when the weather cleared up, the other ship was all gone. Where'd she go? No one know. No one know. No one know. Other stories told were about how this ship brings hurricanes to punish the bad sailors. And not in a sexy way. Damn. One explanation offered for why we have the Flying Dutchman legend is that what was being seen were actually very complex mirages, where ships on the horizon almost look as though they are flying. It was very confusing to read, and I did not understand it, and I also don't understand how this explains the Flying Dutchman's connection with storms. I do think, though, in the middle of a raging storm that it could be easy to imagine you're seeing almost anything yeah yeah fear fear does strange things to the mind and lightning and clouds and shadows and water and chaos just lots going on lots going on nonetheless no captain died and fused into a ship i think dean has been watching too much spongebob <laughs> and that concludes name that monster <laughs> Cassie's, ostensibly to talk about the case, but we all know he's happy for an excuse to be alone in Men's and Bridges. They have a very uncomfortable talk that leads to sex. Now you said uncomfortable talk. I thought it was a very good talk. It was heated for sure and they were arguing, but I think that they communicated. I wasn't expecting to find this argument so stilted and I don't want to say poorly acted, because I don't think either of them was doing necessarily a bad job, but I felt like maybe the chemistry, the connection wasn't there for me. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But I really liked their argument just before they started kissing, where, you know, they finish with, I'm sorry, me too. They're, they're yelling at each other, essentially, but... I really like that they got those words out to each other. I do too, and I think they did have good communication here. I just can't tell if it was their chemistry, the acting, or the writing. Something just felt stilted here for me, personally. Mm. And then, like, the whole way where Dean started with... So just then, uh, why did you ask where my brother was? Because you've been with Sam the whole time. So it makes sense to ask... Oh, where's Sam? Like, what is he getting up to, considering we're solving the case of murders here? So, Well, yeah, but he's just looking for an excuse to get to the crux of the matter. I know, I know, Hannah. It just, it was, I guess for me it was a reminder of all those awkward first dates, first mm -hmm. hookups, where you're awkwardly trying, and it just made me feel awkward. <laughs> and... And then her, oh, I forgot, you know, you always do that. 
when it's been kind of implied that they only did it for a short time, and I don't, I've never understood whirlwind romances, but I've never been someone who falls in love quickly like that. I don't really believe in love and first sight, so. Yeah, it seemed to establish, like, so much history when we're led to believe that they were only around each other for two weeks. I would say three or four, but. Yeah, I, I would have appreciated in this scene just a quick reference to we were together for three months, you know, we were by each other's side nonstop, or something that establishes just how much time they spent together. Yes. You know, did you go on a date or two every week? Were you on the phone for hours? Did you, like, what, where did this come from, you know? I bet they did. I bet they did talk on the phone. Yeah. And I think what I also loved was how she explained her reaction that she didn't push him away because she didn't like his kind of crazy. She pushed him away because she thought it was an excuse. Yeah. And she was just taking the initiative instead of being the one to be dumped. And I thought that was valid. I thought her thought process made sense. And... Oh, yeah. Perfectly understandable. Yeah. So, I really... I enjoyed that. Uh, The only note I made on their sexy scene was that this scene is used in a lot of Destiel fan vids with Cass instead of Cassie. Yeah. Well, you know, they're close close enough. <laughs> uh, I thought the sex scene was pretty good. That What music played for you on, on your DVD? Nothing I noticed. I, I super noticed on Netflix. It was Take Me Away to Paradise, Feed Me Again with Your Love, Feed Me Again with Your Love. And all I could think was, this is not a sexy song. This is not a sexy song. <laughs> Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> and I had two thoughts here. One, I love the first time we see Dean getting it on with anybody. It's with somebody he has feelings with. I think yes. that's an important thing to keep in mind for Dean going forward. Because, I mean, they make reference to him having a lot of flings, but the first time he's full frontal in this He one. is not full frontal. We could only wish that Jensen Ackles would go full frontal. <laughs> I was referencing the episode with the books. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. I missed that. That was my bad. I'm a bad fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can also appreciate that it was with someone that he cared about. Exactly. And also, we see here the first signs that Dean is a submissive lover and a giving lover. He likes to bottom. <laughs> and I don't know if this is true or not, but according to the IMDbuzz, again, don't know if it's true or not. Someone put on on the IMDba. So the network gave notes on this episode, and the one note they were pretty firm on was, During this sex scene, make sure that Cassie is not on top. We can't have strong black women. Brr, brr, brr. They didn't say that part. I don't think that's just me thinking that's probably what they were thinking because they're assholes. Mm. Women can't be strong. Whatever. So they gave the network the middle finger and put her on top. And there we get our bottom Dean. Yay! See how it all comes together? If it's true. If it's true. I don't if know. If it's true. If it's true. This scene cuts away to murder. Because <laughs> nothing puts you in the mood to see a gory death than sex. Mm -hmm. The mayor is putzing around some road out of his car when the truck appears and runs him down before vanishing. Cutting back to the snuggle bugs, Cass and Dean. It's Cassie. Cassie and Dean. Cass is short for Cassie. Shh, shush. <laughs> You're going to make the Winchesters <laughs> mad. <laughs> they discuss their feelings, past and potential future. 
Sam, the cockblock that he is, calls to let them know about death. She said that she thought he was dangerous, and technically speaking, he is dangerous, and she had a per- perfectly logical reaction. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like finding out the person you are dating works in FBI stuff and is a super spy mm-hmm. and does really dangerous stuff. I mean, he's got demons on his tails. He doesn't know it yet, but he's got demons <laughs> on his tail. <laughs> yes, That's, yes. That is pretty dangerous. I did wonder, though, when Dean hedges, I've still got work with my dad. I don't know in that moment, is he talking about just a job in general, that he's always going to be a hunter? In this moment, is he thinking of there is a point in the future where he's going to stop hunting and settle down with Cassie? Or is he thinking, I specifically have this mission to find the thing that killed my mom and Jess, and then after that, I'm free? No, I feel like it was... The first placing one. that boundary he was placing that boundary like yes this is something i want but i can never truly have it because i will always be a hunter or hedging that i can have this but i'm going to be gone for long stretches at a time to work with my dad because mm. at the end she's the one who calls it off not him which i'm really proud of her for that she's a good one it's bonafide so At the crime scene of the latest murder, Sam teases Dean about his whereabouts the night before and fills him in on the mayor death. And again, I want to say, why is nobody wearing coats? It's so cold out here. I'm cold just watching them. This murder doesn't fit the pattern, so they got to do more research. Dean goes with Cassie to that newspaper place. And they cuddle over coffee and research. Sam is all alone out in the cold. Mm -hmm. And they learn that a white guy died a while back whose family basically owned the town. And his former home was just recently bulldozed by the mayor. Hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Just days before the ghost truck starts murdering everybody. The day before, Kendall. The day before. Well, I said day. You said days. Yeah, well, who's to say how many days? Uh, well, Deed said specifically it was the day after the bulldozing. Why are you being so mean to me? I'm sorry. I did this for memory. <laughs> I'm so passionate about this show. <laughs> I literally did this for memory. I wrote down these notes from my fucking memories. So, give me some slack. Okay, you have slack. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. It's your turn. Discuss. <laughs> I'm mad now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I <laughs> know, I'm okay. <laughs> Alright, Cassie is unwinding at home when a vehicle outside starts harassing her inside. <laughs> so dumb. It was so dumb. Uh, okay. I mean, I get they did somewhat establish that the truck seems to taunt its victims for a few days leading up to their deaths, but they don't emphasize it enough for this scene to make sense in this moment. Right. All we see is she's inside a house being afraid of a vehicle that is just parked outside. And it's so laughably dumb that she's screaming while she's safely inside. Yeah, this scene is so dumb because she shuts the blinds as if that's going to stop the truck from (laughs) getting in. And then she runs towards the door, but she's a little bit away from the front of the door when she finally calls Dean. And I'm like, if that truck were to ram the front of the house, you would still get harmed. I I don't know why she didn't just call Dean the minute the truck was outside. Yeah, and, and then they compound it by she's on the phone screaming to Dean 
And then they cut immediately to, everything's fine. The boys are here. <laughs> yeah. And you're just wondering, like, what happened in that whole, how do you get from this car is outside menacing you and you're going to die to, nope, we're fine. We're sipping tea, asking for some alcohol. Just calming down. Yeah. Uh, now that all the adults in town have died, <laughs> the mom is suddenly willing to talk about what she knows. She dated the white guy, but cheated on him with Cassie's dad. Her former boyfriend showed his racist stripes and started kidnapping and killing black guys. He even burned down a church with children in it to keep her from getting married inside. Mm. When he kidnapped her new boyfriend, the new boyfriend fought back and killed the white guy. Everyone helped bury the secret, even the future mayor. Future mayor thought this made him not racist. Not so. He also knew about white guy and didn't do anything to punish white guy, even though white guy was literally a serial killer. So. Yeah, mayor, you're racist. <laughs> The mayor was the deputy or assistant deputy back then. You have power in your local law enforcement and a person is kidnapping people in their fucking one-of-a-kind truck and you don't know who's doing it? <sighs> also, mom, the mom said at this point, sorry, Mrs. Robinson said at this point, that they were just rumors. Like, lady, they're not fucking rumors if people are actually going missing. Yeah. <sighs> uh, at one point, Dean says that they are marked. But really, all we know is that Cassie is marked. Because honestly, I didn't even know the mom was home during that scary <laughs> truck scene. We don't know that she was home. <laughs> and, and Cassie's like, we, you know. And I was like, we who? I didn't know she was there. <laughs> yeah, I thought she showed up with Sam and Dean. <laughs> yeah, and then when Dean pulls out the picture of Dorian, racist white guy, the mother didn't even look at the paper. Didn't even look at nope, it. Nope, she knew who it was. <laughs> I did laugh in this scene, though, when she was saying how her husband was seeing something a few days up to his death, and Dean, just so snarky, well, we can be reasonably sure he's all fucking drunk. Yeah. The mother, she was like, and there's no one left to protect. And right before Dean says it, I was like, your fucking daughter is right in front of you. Right there. <laughs> I can see in her mind, though, everybody who covered up the death, except for herself, I guess, is dead. So mm -hmm. I loved her acting, even if some of the writing wasn't perfect. Yeah. But Dean asks her why she didn't call the cops after her black husband killed a white man. Oh, the look on her face. Yeah, she gives him the best look of, why are you asking fucking dumb questions? <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's, that's a dumb question, Dean. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. I love you, but no. Even in this day and age, a black person kills a white person, it's <laughs> it's not gonna be a fair process, I'm pretty sure. No, it's not. So, that's all taken care of, I guess. Jeez. Outside, they're giving the ladies space, I guess, and Sam is just missing his normalcy. He's missing his papers on polycentric cultural norms. Oh, my life is so simple. Just school, exams, papers on polycentric cultural norms. So I guess I saved you from a boring existence. Yeah, occasionally I miss boring. I saw this killer truck. I miss conversations that didn't start with this killer truck. I looked up what polycentric cultural norms were, by the way. Nice, tell me. And tell our <laughs> listeners. They're curious. According to yourbusinessazcentral.com, polycentric orientation is based on the belief that each country is unique and needs different approaches tailored to its cultural norms. 
So each country is different and needs different things. So they plot how to end this ghost using everything they've learned in the previous 12 episodes. So it's no longer good enough to just lure the ghost to a mirror and smash the mirror. No. They, they're now looking back at that lake in Wisconsin thinking, gee, sure wish we had dragged the lake for that little boy's corpse. <laughs> so they know they've got to get this truck out of the water and salt and burn all that. I want to know which one of them dived in there to hook the truck because neither one of them looked like they just took a dip in that water. Nope. Neither one did. They are so dry. They- how, how... Maybe they took a break. You know what, Hannah? It's so fucking cold outside, and they're not, they didn't bring any winter gear, so one of them got wet and was like, I will die. I will literally die in this sudden winter storm that has come upon us if I don't get into some dry clothes. So let's take a break, go back to the motel, and change some clothes, and then we'll finish hauling this truck out of the water. Okay. <laughs> Cassie comes outside to learn the plan, but they don't give her a plan. They just give her kisses. Ugh. And she says, this does me no good against racism, but I will accept the kisses. Just don't boss me around. The boys easily rent a tractor at nighttime, because that makes sense. And they easily find the exact spot where the racist was buried in the lake, because that makes sense. And they easily hitch it, because that makes sense. They brought their scuba gear. You know, that's in the the fourth layer of the trunk. (laughs) (laughs) We have their duffels, their guns... (laughs) Their printers. Their whiskey and printer and umbrellas. And then underneath that is a scuba gear. <laughs> they have the Mary Poppins of trunks. Mm-hmm. Or they have a trunk of holding. Yes, they have a trunk of holding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So, I'm guessing Sam is still teasing Dean about Cassie because mm-hmm. he's already planning Dean's wedding. <laughs> But not to be distracted with all the wedding talk, they don't forget to salt and burn this guy's soggy-ass corpse. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that happened. And it makes the truck mad. It does. So Dean gets in his Impala to drive off to distract the truck, because we all know that trucks love chasing cars. Mm-hmm. Of course. They're like puppies. Of course. They just want to go, oh, car, it's a car, it's a car. I think... <laughs> Dean just wanted to get out of the cold and into the heat of the car. I don't blame him. Yes. And he tells Sam, Sam, use your knowledge of polycentric cultural norms to save the day. (laughs) (laughs) And Sam is like, I don't know how my college education is going to help me figure out how to burn a truck because nobody can burn a truck. Everybody knows that vehicles don't go up in flame ever. They're the safest thing ever. They're completely resistant to fire. Yeah, I'm just going to burn this truck that's been underwater for 40 years while it's snowing and or raining. But Hannah, (laughs) they did that to the corpse that has been in the water for 40 years. (laughs) But they doused it with gasoline. So douse the car with gasoline. I'm just saying, get some more gasoline out of your trunk of holding and make it happen. But no. But instead of doing any of that. Instead of doing any of that, he creates a harebrained scheme. He consults the journal. He makes phone calls about maps to Cassie. He looks at the journal. He calls Town Hall. He consults with NASA. And finally, he calls Dean. And he wants Dean to go to a specific empty plot of land that used to be a church. And 
this is the only empty plot of land that used to be a church that Sam can think of. And he has him sit there and lure the truck because hallowed ground. And this is just some lucky Winchester magical supernatural bullshit. It's lucky Sam Winchester bullshit because we saw this with Bloody Mary and now we're seeing it here. He just goes, I don't know. I'll just put people's lives on the line here because maybe, maybe. Maybe. Never mind that we never see Hallowed Ground destroy ghosts uh, ever again. Because if Hallowed Ground were a real thing, that truck could not drive around all of Missouri. People in the South know you walk two steps, you hit a church. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So if that many churches exist now, imagine how many churches have existed the past, how old is our country? Two, three hundred centuries? Mm-hmm. You can't walk a millimeter without hitting some hallowed ground. (laughs) So the ghost truck kind of bumps into the Impala a bit, and we get Dean saying, son of a bitch. We did get Dean saying, son of a bitch. Also, when the car fell apart, it fell apart in a bunch of ghostly gears (laughs) and car parts. It looked like it hit a ghost (laughs) fence. Like, I rewound it, and I looked, and it, 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 I swear, it looked like it hit a ghost fence, and I was like, that fence wasn't there. <laughs> Maybe it was the ghostly church fence. It was the hallowed ghost <laughs> fence. Dean has so much faith in Sam. No, he doesn't. I mean, I guess he does, but he didn't know what the plan was, and when he finds out what Sam's no, no, plan... No, 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 he didn't know what the plan was, but Sam told him to park right there... And Dean just let the ghost truck come at him because Sam said so. I do wonder if next time Dean won't be so quick to trust his brother. Now that him know that Sam just makes guesses with his fucking life. Yeah. Ugh. Maybe. (gasps) Sam went on a maybe. A maybe. Jesus fucking Christ, Sam. Dean is so hurt by that. He is so hurt by that. I mean, he kind of jokingly says, I'm going to kill him. But the look on his face. (laughs) Sam even says hallowed ground sometimes destroys a ghost. Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) Sam in this moment of logic was like, 60% of the time, it works every time. (laughs) I mean, like, Sam, that's not not fucking good enough. You could have just burned the truck. You could have just burned the truck. Come on. It was possible. (laughs) And for the sake of their track record, I'm going to assume that the next, they stayed a couple more days, they dried the truck out, and they salted and burned it just to make sure they actually finished the ghost, and they didn't rely on... Hunches. Christianity hunches. (laughs) Yeah. Christian hunches. Christian hunches. That was another thing in researching other people's uh, perspectives of this episode, was they pointed out... How the only religion that ever gets addressed on this show is really Christianity. Like, when do they ever deal with Islamic gods? Or, there's one god in Islam, what am I saying? Or, I don't know, I feel like, the, or Jew, okay, they do Jewish with the the golem, mm-hmm. the one time. I mean, we have Egyptian gods and Norse gods. Okay, a little bit. But not so, but those are like, more ancient? Yeah, Christian supernatural is Christian the main. Christian is an ancient is an ancient religion, but it's also a modern religion. Yeah. Where's our Shinto? Where's our Buddhism? Where's, where's, I guess there is Wiccan with witches, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know. The main religious supernatural, though, is Christian. I mean, 
fuck. They do the whole Archangels is the main plot line of the first five seasons. So it's it's heavily Christian oriented. Well, yeah, and they tie Sam and Eden's bloodline all the way back to Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just something I had never really considered before. All right. But let's finish this fucking episode. <laughs> Cassie and Dean say their goodbyes. Cass. Cassie is smart and knows this isn't going anywhere and saves her heart for somebody who isn't destined to be the vessel for an archangel. Archangel. <laughs> or the archangel. <laughs> As Sam and Dean drive away, they ruminate on the sacrifices it seems they are required to make in order to protect the world from the supernatural. Smart girl. Won't be seeing her again. Sam's <sighs> driving, and of course he thinks it's worth it, but he won't choose it. Okay, one, mm. at least she didn't die. At least she didn't die. At least she didn't die. Most women on the show, especially the black women on the show, die. They even killed Missouri. Ugh. Missouri! Named after the state Ugh. within which their token racism episode happened within. So at least she didn't die. I do not think that if you are truly in love with somebody, that you can drive away this easily. Having been in that position of duty versus love and having to choose duty and sacrifice the love, you cannot play it this cool. You drive away crying. So unless mm -hmm. Dean is just sobbing tears underneath those sunglasses, I think he, this was a significant relationship in his life, but I don't agree with everybody saying, she was his one true love. I'm like, no, no. No, no, I don't think that she was his one true love, but I do think that they had a genuine connection. A genuine connection, yes. She was not a one-night stand. But I don't think that they were legitimately in love. No. And we haven't talked about this yet, but, um... Hannah? Kendall? Just a few... Just a few months ago, they were they were in Missouri, and Dean's dark double killed a lot of people. And... <laughs> and Dean is now on the FBI's watch list. Probably specifically in fucking Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I and, didn't think about that. I did not think about that. And he goes, he goes, he's around a lot of cops <laughs> this episode. Mm. And the mayor. Uh-huh. He's so fucking lucky. And you would think as a reporter, she would watch the news. Yeah, you would think. Mm. You would think. My ex-boyfriend, you know, just did a lot of shady stuff. wonder if he could help me with my dad's disappearance, murder, ghost stuff. Yeah, he's, he's really lucky that that one road in and out of town is also apparently the one way of information for this town. Nobody brought news of him murdering several people in St. Louis. He's so lucky. So lucky. Anything else you want to say about this, Hannah? No. Then let's just lay back and listen to the music as it gently carries us over to themes. re-energize. Tell me a theme you had. Uh, well, piggybacking off of what I said a moment ago, Dean having a genuine connection. Oh, the baby. He loved. And though you disagreed, Sam being proud and supportive of Dean. I don't disagree. I don't understand the proud aspect so much. The only way I can understand it is Sam so much wants normal, and here is a chance for Sam to introduce a little bit of normal into Dean's life and maybe seduce him away from hunting and be normal. I think he saw Cassie as being good for Dean. Why? As being someone more than just a fling, someone that 
you know, he could have a genuine connection with. Okay, but Hannah, you don't you don't start planning marriage for the first person that comes along in your brother's life. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, our brother? I mean, if he had someone like Cassie, I'd be like, you better straighten up and, like, make sure she doesn't leave. <laughs> She's the best. No, I, I enjoyed Cassie's character a lot. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I just don't know that. I don't know. I don't know. My only other two themes were son of a bitch and ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> ghosts are a every other episode kind of theme. For me, this was an old friend case. A case ah. that happened because we have a friend who whom brought us a case. One of those, why do we only see each other when somebody's dying <laughs> kind of <laughs> situation. Sam wanting his normal life. That's a big theme. Uh, the way he waxes rhapsodic over his exam papers. Yeah. Just disgusting. I think this new life is very exciting and much more fun. Agreed. At least from a voyeuristic point of view. <laughs> uh, costumes. They brought out those suits to play insurance people. Did a bad job. A love that lives. We don't have many of those, but when they do live, hot damn. <laughs> And my last little theme was fucking time fuckery. Yes. I don't understand what time the fucking is. Fuck me fuck. What is time? It's night, but now it's day. <sighs> Makes no sense. All right. Well, I guess we talked themes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the gist of it. When you're surrounded by dogs. Hannah, what did you hate? And what did you love? I hated the the monster. <laughs> Wow, way to choose the obvious one, Hannah. I I hated the racist. I I hated the whole ghost truck deal. I get what they were going for, but they kind of failed at that. It's just dumb. The more you think There there was a lot that I did like about this episode, but uh, the the main thing that they were going for, it kind of just fell flat. Yeah. There was there was a lot to not love in this episode for me. It was hard to find something to love. But the one thing in terms of... We've discussed everything else. Mm-hmm. So the last little thing that I did not like was those random ass fucking cutaways to the fucking truck in those flashbacks that weren't flashbacks. Like, they've never done flashbacks before, but suddenly in this episode, we do flashbacks. And mm. when the guy on the dock... With having lunch and being interrupted by these fucking insurance dodos, he starts telling his story about this thing that happened. Once they cut away from him, once just to show the truck driving down the road, out of context, <laughs> just just there. And yeah. when Mrs. Robinson, here's to you, Mrs. Robinson, when she's telling her stories, they suddenly feel the need to show you the church going up in flames. Because it's not enough to hear about the violence, you need to see the violence. And we cut away to her husband getting beat up and then beating up in return. Because it's not enough to hear about it, we have to show it as well. I mean, he didn't look like he was beat to hell. And also, the church, she said that there was a children's choir in there. Were they practicing at night? Because it looked like whoever, it looked like, you know, when they set the church on fire, it was in the middle of the night. Also, I think the Impala was parked outside. (laughs) And in in that whole speech she gave, they still, they also cut away again to the truck just driving down a road. all, All the flashbacks and the cutaways were not necessary, uncomfortable, and they took you out of the moment. 
And I just wanted to slap the people behind the cameras and editing booths of this episode and say, why do you make dumb choices with your life? What did you love? Like love. <laughs> I loved Mrs. Robinson. I loved her reaction shots when the boys want to ask her questions, even though they're just friends from out of town, come to show their sympathy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what the fuck, no? And when Dean is like, well, why didn't you call the cops? And she's like, why are you dumb? <laughs> And her emotional acting, like, her acting was just on point. I I enjoyed her. Mm -hmm. Well done. What did you love? I love Dean and Cassie's fight slash communication scene. And I loved Sam rooting for Dean. (sighs) He was pretty cute through this whole episode. Felt like he was teasing more than he was encouraging. But towards the end, he was definitely planning a wedding. (laughs) Sam the wedding planner would be a cute occupation for him. (laughs) Oh, do you think his side job after being an escort was planning the weddings of the women he was formerly escorting? He could do it. He could do it. He would be so fucking organized and he would have all of the rituals researched and choosing ones that most perfectly fit the couples and color coding to match and the right music. Mm Mm-mm. Yep. I want Sam Winchester to plan my wedding. <laughs> I want to go back in time and have Sam Winchester plan my wedding. <laughs> Look around you. It's a beautiful life. Okay, so now, Hannah, we need to discuss what it is that we will be watching next time on Sisters Talk Brothers. Oh, I know. <laughs> We're okay. going to be... Do you want to just recap it for us? Oh, well, I'm not great at recaps or no, you, No, you are not. I'm very much looking forward to our season one recap. No, people put work into this. Let me read it. All Do right. It. Next time, season one, episode 14, Nightmares. When Sam's visions start happening while he's awake, he and Dean investigate the unusual murders he foretold, only to find them all to be true, and that perhaps he's not the only one with special abilities. When visiting the Millers, the boys go as priests. That was brought to us by our girl Amber Brooke. And, um, Amber, <laughs> you kind of spoiled it there a little bit at the end. <laughs> but I get it. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, IMDb. The whole priest costume thing is definitely a highlight of the episode. <laughs> I was actually struggling to remember this episode until the whole priest part, so you brought some clarity. <laughs> Uh, I remember this episode being, one, very plot-forward, mm-hmm. is is very important towards the plot, and also heavy emotionally. It's a really good episode, from what I remember. I don't remember very much. <laughs> I remember the priest part, mostly because Amber brought it up, and if we're meeting people with powers, I think the first one has knives, I think. <laughs> so... Yay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Well, that's what we're talking about next time. Until next time, though, if you want to reach me, you can find me on Tumblr at Kindle Abroad or on Instagram at Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. And that's K-I-N-D-L-E. Where can they find you, Hannah? Me. Me. You can find me on Tumblr. Me. Ooh. I have Jailbreak Fiend, which is my main, main blog, and then Everything Overlord, which is my Misha blog. Insta is also Jailbreak Fiend. 
You're just oh. everywhere. We just we just started a Tumblr specifically for our oh. podcast. Well, technically, we didn't just start it. <laughs> technically, well, it's been going since... It, it will have been going. Since our first episode. Yes. Time is a lie in Supernatural, and time is a lie when we're recording, because we record so far in advance. <laughs> what is time? So by the time you hear this, you may By the time you know. hear this, you will have... <laughs> we have a Tumblr. It's sister talk, at Sisters Talk Brothers. And it's good. You can also reach our email, sisterstalkbrothers at gmail.com. All right. And I think that does it for us, Hannah. Man, we're All making right. good time these days. We are. We're getting better at this. Or worse. I don't know. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Tell us what you think. <laughs> but be nice. <laughs> be nice. And tune in next week for... More monsters. <laughs> more brothers. And more sisters. Lassure. <laughs> Lassure? What is French? What am Lassure. French? Lassure. Lassure. Bye. Sewer? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite color You can have that in our bloopers or something. Then we gotta talk fast. Okay. Talk real fast. Well, last time on Supernatural, um, let's see, things happened and they barely solved a case. Alright, the end. Let's go to bloopers. <laughs> da 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 That's how much I listen to our fucking show. God. Are you Let's clapping? Wait. Yes, I'm clapping for you. <laughs> it just sounds like you're hitting the mic over and over again. <laughs> as long as you're not hitting your recording mic, we're cool. Make all the noise in my ear you want. <laughs> I'm so glad I have your permission. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you um, love quoting the show. It's it's scary how well you know it line for line. I, I really do. <laughs> Dean doesn't know what ghosts think, but we know that ghosties don't give a fuck. Mm-mm. We ready? Our clap. Yes. What is what is what was that sound? I hate that sound. That sound? Yeah, that was all in my ear. <laughs> I was just rubbing my hands together, preparing Were you for doing a clap. Were you doing it over the mic? Well, my phone is on top of my knees, and my hands were above my knees. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Am I, am I causing you audible displeasure? Yes. I don't find this orally pleasing. <laughs> no, it's audibly. Orally.
Audibly. I miss conversations that didn't start with this evil truck. <laughs> oh. Do you write these quotes down or are they just in your head? Both. <laughs> Can you plug in your cord a little more? I'm working on it. Are we good now? Nope. Mm. Nope. Nope. Huh? Huh? Mm. Okay. Yes. Yes. We're good now. <laughs> no, we're bad again. <laughs> All right. We're good now? Yes, we're good now.